0: Hi, and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atika Madbati, a fourth generation homeopath with over 20 years of professional experience in this field of healing. In the Homeopathy Health Show, I'll be talking all things homeopathy and natural, with guest interviews, tips and advice, and answering some of your questions. Homeopathy is truly a unique, complementary system of healing suitable for all ages, young and old. I'd love to hear from you and welcome your questions on homeopathy and how it can or has helped you. Feel free to email me at health at liketreatslike.co.uk or visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk for more information. Once you're there, take a look at the Knowledge Academy and Blog section where you will find interesting information. Both sections are growing day by day, so always check back. So let's begin today's show on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio, real feel-good radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Podcast here on UK Health Radio. Well, uh, as always, I hope and pray you are well, and indeed, uh, I hope and pray that it continues to remain that way. So I've got another very interesting podcast for you um you'll remember that last week i was uh, had the good fortune actually to speak to pat ahern uh, aka the homeopath farmer as far as his uh, social media is concerned and we spoke about a great many things especially agri homeopathy and how he is very successfully using homeopathy to treat his cattle pat himself is a, is a dairy farmer in cork in ireland and the The Irish link continues, I'm delighted to say, actually, and uh, I've got today Mary Barr. Now, Mary lives in the northwest of Ireland in beautiful Donegal, which is actually on the border of uh, Northern Ireland. Mary qualified from the Burren School of Homeopathy in 1994, and she is a member of the Irish Society of Homeopaths since graduating and has served on the Education and Communications Committee. Now, currently, Mary coordinates the Belfast School of Homeopathy in West Belfast, which was established in 2003 by Noelle Ryan, a community activist and nun during the Troubles. She recognised the potential for healing within the community. The Belfast School of Homeopathy is a charitable organisation under the umbrella of the Belfast Health Initiative, which is run on a cooperative basis. So what this means really is that students and tutors are encouraged to take an active part in the atmosphere, the ethos and success of the school, which actually is really, really commendable and truly wonderful. The school also runs first aid courses for undergraduates to educate and enable people to use homeopathy at home. Now, Mary has also worked on the Get Well UK pilot scheme during 2007 and 2008 in Northern Ireland in an attempt to integrate complementary therapies into the health system, also to make these available regardless of income. So, uh, Mary Barr, uh, I'm delighted to have you on the Homeopathy Health podcast today. Thank you so much. I know you're busy, but we managed to finally hook up as such uh, and get the date sorted. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: So that was a lengthy intro and I don't expect anyone listening to remember all of that. So we are going to go through it again with a bit more detail. I just really wanted to ask you, like I do with everyone who comes on the podcast, um, tell us a bit about your journey to homeopathy and what inspired you or was it by chance? Uh, what, what type of encounter you had that made you think about going into this field of healing?
1: Okay. Well, the first time that I had homeopathy, I was a student, and I had travelled in India for a year, and I came back with maybe dysentery, as many people did. Um, had tried all sorts of conventional treatment, and nothing worked. Um, I was a student in university in Dublin, and I remember I knew nothing about homeopathy, and I don't know who introduced me to it or suggested it, but I remember sitting in a room in a flat in Rough Mines, which was student land at the time, and receiving the tiny little pin- pills from an Indian homeopath. And at this stage, I'd had amoebic dysentery for the best part of a year. I was just finishing college, and by the time I got to France, where I was heading off to Great Big, all the symptoms had cleared completely after a year. And I never thought about it again, being young and infallible and everything else I I never thought about homeopathy or anything else or how I got better or anything I just continued having a lovely time at that stage of my life and then my son uh, one of my children when he was very small he developed croup and then whooping cough and then pneumonia recurrently and they said he was celiac and we had all sorts of health issues with him, and we went the conventional route because we didn't know anything else at that time. And eventually we were bringing him out of hospital one time when he had had another bout of pneumonia, and a f- cousin of mine rang me and said, you should bring him down to homeopath down in County Louth, which is halfway down for a small country. Mm. There were three homeopaths in Ireland at the time, and I brought him down, and he has my permission to tell the story, and he never got sick again. He just never got sick. And a lot of other symptoms that he had at the time as well just simply disappeared and i thought this is really interesting so i came over to london and i came to manchester and i did interviews to join the colleges there and it never quite clicked with me and then a friend of mine saw on the back of the irish times that there was a school of homeopathy beginning in the berlin and county clare and i thought that's the place for me so Through the homeopath that I had brought my son to, knew the homeopath knew the Ising was starting the school, so I joined the school, and it was the journey of a lifetime. Truly transformative in every way. And my introduction to homeopathy.
0: It's amazing, isn't it, how these journeys happen. I've had so many uh, guests on on the show and the podcast talking about how they came across homeopathy. And, you, you know, this by far is one of the most common um, experiences where uh, you know the majority of people have been given homeopathy um, for a condition they've got and as a result of them being you know cured as such um, you know it's it's taken their interest sometimes immediately sometimes like like yourself you know a few years after perhaps Um, but it always remains it's uh it's like uh, when you plant the seeds for a, for a, for a flower, isn't it? And, uh, you know, you water it and, and you see it grow and grow. And that's the journey in homeopathy as well, isn't it? Yes,
1: absolutely. And at the time, homeopathy was really new in Ireland. And hmm. um, the school had just started in the Burren. We were the first year in the Berlin School of Homeopathy, which was the most wonderful school because it's such a beautiful, wondrous place, the in Burren in, in County Clare. All the teachers that Nuala would have known and all the wonderful homeopaths were just delighted to come and teach in the burn. And it was a wonderful experience.
0: So when it started, uh, how many um, students or, or did you have as such and teachers? I think there were 24 students. That's not a bad time. number, is it? No,
1: no. I, I suppose it had been grown kind of organically. And this mm. was the first occasion for people... To come and study it, a lot of people knew bits about it. I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> and twenty
0: nine years later, here we are, eh?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so, when you um, when you did uh, qualify um, and graduate from the school, what uh, did you go straight to practice, or were you working as well somewhere else, perhaps?
1: I wasn't. I had a young family, and I just let my practice grow organically. I was in be- involved in Dairy Well Woman in Northern Ireland, and I did some practice there. Mo- I, because where I live, I'm about eight miles from the border, of Northern Ireland. And the little town I live in, Buncranna, is a beautiful town. is very connected with Northern Ireland,
0: right. so
1: that influence has always been there, and it is just in the whole community here, you know. So I work it's with so- Derry
0: Well. It is a beautiful uh, place indeed. And, and I've been to, um, I've actually been um, to Ireland uh, several times. There's a very good friend of mine by the name of Ronnie Turner mm-hmm. uh, in Dublin. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, you know, I used to quite frequently go and visit him in, in Dublin. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful place. And I really want the opportunity to actually travel to, you know, Ireland itself. I have friends in Galway. So, you know, I've always been, it's just, you know, how life is and how busy one can become. And uh, it's just trying to get away. But I'm really looking forward to that because one of the, uh, I suppose the beauty of Ireland is what makes the people so beautiful as well.
1: I think particularly the west coast of Ireland, there's a kind of a wildness to, that's reflected in so many things and in our language and culture. And mm. Where homeopathy fits in amazingly easily.
0: How are you finding it then um, now with the uh, people in general, general public, and uh, the awareness of homeopathy? Has it increased? Uh, are people more aware of this system, whether they, irrespective of whether they use it or not?
1: In the last number of years that I've been practicing homeopathy, and there are a lot of homeopaths around and about here, and, and, and all over the country, Ireland is very receptive to homeopathy. We're not... We're not exactly rule-keeping people. We have imagination and can see that there are other options. And I think something like me up, they fits in very well, probably for that reason. Do you know.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. Um. You know, I have to say thank you to Elsa Friel as well from yes. the Belfast School. Um. Listeners will remember Elsa was on the podcast a a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I believe, and um. She's actually the one who introduced me to Mary, so thank you Elsa, uh, just making a point here, and thank you very much for putting me in touch with, with Mary. But um, Mary, I wanted to ask you actually, um, you're um, a member of the Irish Society of Homeopaths, and, um, but I wanted to know about the Belfast School and how that actually came about and what was involved um, you know, what help you received and how you you know, got it working, got it off the ground as such?
1: Um, I came to the Belfast School of, Le- of Homeopathy a little bit later. It was started um, by a wonderful nun and activist, Noelle Ryan, who worked in the community, she and Father Des Wilson, who worked in Spring Hill in the middle of Ballymurphy during the height of the Troubles, during mm. internment, during... People going missing you know they were really there in the, in the in the community and Noel had a great interest in empowering people through education and of course, health and health education was hugely on her vision, so she had studied homeopathy for some years, and she and some others in the area at the time decided to start the school of homeopathy. I came to school a few years later um when Noel was there and she was like this hugely benevolent presence an overseeing person who had the wisdom and the generosity of spirit to encourage it to be a cooperative, which is an enormous thing to do. And I hope we keep the ethos of that as alive as, as, as possible so that the, the students in the school are very involved in the running of the school and the day-to-day affairs in the school, not the curriculum, naturally enough, because that is... Governed by the ECCH, the European Council of Homeopathy, and we're part of that and we're part of their Society of Homeopaths. Mm. Um, but the students are very involved in the day to day running and decisions of the school and also fundraising because, as you said at the beginning, the school is a charity and it's not profit, it's non profit. Do you know? It's, it's an and, amazing set up for school, actually.
0: It's an interesting model, you know, I find it fascinating that it's it's so nice for students um you know to be able to take an active part in in the in the running of, of the school itself i think that says a lot about um the the overall objectives and it's not just about homeopathy but it's about so much more isn't it that together we are stronger and uh, teamwork and it also psychologically helps with improving social skills doesn't it and and you know making friends lifetime friends and 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 so much more
1: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah 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 and and you it means that you have feedback all the time and it keeps everybody you know aware of what's happening rather than something becoming this is the way we do it
0: yeah wonderful so yeah. what's the school uh how is it going at the moment and uh how are you involved as such
1: um, I'm the present coordinator of the school and not the director of the school, so I coordinate in terms of the students, and we have a wonderful panel of, of tutors um, who are really, really dedicated to the school and put in way amount, an incredible amount of work and effort and enthusiasm into the school. And it, it just filters through to, to the students. We have mm. an intake of students every second year, Northern Ireland's relatively small province. Although students come from both north and south of the of the of the um, c- the country. And it's situated on the Be- Falls, Road in Be- Falls Road in Belfast, which is probably f- infamous for during the Troubles, really at the interface where the peace wall is, which is a very interesting thing to call something, peace wall between the communities. Mm. It was a beautiful building, which was an old linen mill, and we get to use it at the weekends when we're having our school. Um, classes at the, or
0: um, teaching classes at the weekends it's wonderful and what uh, how many students do you do you take in on a on a, on, um, on a regular year, basis
1: yeah our first year students at the moment we have 18 and the lovely thing about the school as well is it's not residential as the berlin school was but students and and tutors bring food so we all share together our lunch and it's and that makes I feel that that makes a great difference to it. All. And of course, we have some wonderful cooks and bakers, so we're always blessed. There always seems to be somebody turning up.
0: You, know, you know, I think of it. that, and and I just I was, I was thinking as you just said that literally. Um, you know, you always see uh, the, the beautiful painting of. People sitting around a table, the the log fires on and eating together, you know? That's how I just pictured it for some reason. <laughs> okay. It's it's nice, isn't it? It's community cohesion as well. It's it it just says a lot, I tell you, it says makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I remember when we were studying in the bar, a lot of learning went on outside of classrooms as well. And a lot of experiential learning and listening to other people. And, hmm. The things that you didn't realize that you were taking notes on or listening, in, listening attentively to. You know.
0: Tell me about the courses that that uh, do you have? A, a several. I know we mentioned at the beginning actually about the first aid course. Um, but uh, what other courses? Do you have um, the pre and postgraduate ones, or is there a diploma? Or
1: we have an undergraduate course for four years, as most schools have. Um, as is under the the guidelines of the ECCH, the European hmm. Council of the um and indeed one of our senior lecturers is actually the Irish representative on the ECCH at the moment, Michael
0: Smith. That's nice. Very
1: delighted to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also had the wonderful Sudhir Baldota teaching a, a postgraduate course two years ago. Uh, we have first aid classes, which our graduates come back and teach for the school, teach it for free, and that brings, it brings people in from the community, it spreads homeopathy, the the idea of homeopathy, the philosophy of homeopathy, and also it brings potential students to the school as well, because once they see the school, it really is something very special.
0: You must send me some pictures.
1: We will. I hope you will indeed.
0: And and uh, in fact I will share those on, on my social media platforms as well. Let's let's take a look at this beauty. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. Yeah. Do you still practice? So have you been practicing and how's that I going? Do. I do. I have a, bus- a a good practice
1: here. Um and in north I, I work between north and south. Um and during COVID, as with many people who worked on Zoom. Mm. It's part of the community where I live. There are homeopaths, there are other people who teach first aid classes from time to time. So a lot of, and particularly young mothers, would be very interested in using homeopathy at home. And I think that's such an important part of the spread of homeopathy and for people to be able to use it and to empower themselves.
0: A few of my guests have actually commented on this, that um, in fact, Marcus Fernandez from the Centre for Homeopathic Education Um, who's the who's the founder mentioned that his objective is to get a homeopathic first aid kit or a remedy kit as such in every home and uh, I was talking to Pat about this um, and actually Hilary Dorian as well about the, the fact that by having basic homeopathic remedies at home the benefits are not just being able to heal and being able to heal from acute ailments but also, uh, it results in the removal of at least 80% of any fear, anxiety or trauma associated with becoming ill. So, for example, if if one's baby or child has, has grazed themselves or they've got a nosebleed, just reach for the homeopathic remedies and it's done rather than frantically, oh, I have to call the GP, I have to go to the hospital and what's happened, I don't understand this. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a very powerful system because it, it, it encompasses so many different facets doesn't it yes it does yeah yeah and
1: it takes away the dependency on have to do this
0: on pharmaceuticals all the time yeah which is which is actually a a plus point as well um, because you're lessening the burden on 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 doctors who can actually then go to treat you know chronic or serious illnesses or emergencies of course and i think that's a real plus point as well there isn't it yeah
1: absolutely yeah My, my feeling always is there's room for everything and you know in in the, in the medical system there's
0: not just one way to do it absolutely what types of uh, conditions do you find yourself coming across more often than uh, than normal mm. are there any that stick out i i know for example i know Hilary dorian mentioned to me that uh, she has a lot of cases of eczema and psoriasis uh, you know skin conditions generally mm-hmm. um and I know others work very much on um, myosomatic influences. Some are very, uh, some homeopaths find that the majority of patients they see are suffering from, you know, emotional imbalances, mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's your sort of, uh, is, there, is there any specific one?
1: i <laughs> say there, there's a kind of a balance between it all. I mean, maybe it's this part of the world where we live on the coast and it's damp. but a lot of respiratory conditions. Recurrent respiratory conditions where people have been taking antibiotics and steroids continuously, and just want to try something else. And of course, we know homeopathy is really successful with that. But also mental, emotional conditions as well. Too people would recognise that they're just through word of mouth and through recommendation more than anything else. You know, I've tried everything else. Try homeopathy, as we both, as we all did ourselves. So we we said earlier on. Do you know if somebody says, well, that worked for me? And then the next thing, somebody
0: give you a call and say. Absolutely right. I, you know, I remember um, when I started out, I didn't have a budget uh, to advertise. And I remember actually once I I did take an advertisement out on the radio, but I couldn't afford to pay the bill afterwards. Um, But the, the host was so gracious. The station was a small station, but he actually let me off. Um, And uh, because it was difficult and even printing business cards was costly. But uh, I started and and it was word of mouth, like, like, you know, the huge amount of homeopaths uh, will sort of uh, agree with this. It's it's majority of the um, patients that we see are based on referrals. And I think that's a really good thing because when you hear from somebody else you've known or a family member or a friend of a friend or whatever it is, um, there's always that trust element, and I think that's quite important because when people then go to see that homeopath, it's like twenty to thirty percent. Maybe they already know him or her because they've heard, you know, oh, he treated me or she treated me, and 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 that's nice as well. Again, going back to removing any anxiety for engaging with somebody about health concerns. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, and then, and we live in a smaller community in this part of the world, world made it is just smaller. so yeah that that is part of it really. yeah, yeah the word
0: just goes around you know i can tell that um 20 minutes in that your love for where you live because you've spoken about you know community and you've spoken about how beautiful that place is and um that's nice i i, I envy where you're living probably because i um my road's full of cars. Uh, you know, it's an endoterrace terrace house and uh, it's noisy all day long. So what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to my daughters the other day, I said, um, they said, Dad, we love this house. We don't want to move. I said, yes, but I really want to move to the country if, you know, God gives us the financial ability to do that. I said, I'd just love to look out and just see trees, you know, or just have some sort of silence, even if it's just, a, you know, a few hundred meters of silence. Mm-hmm it's nice isn't it because i think and and you've got that i'm quite sure that's uh you know when when you look out of your window or when you look further afield it's full of green pastures and, and beauty
1: it is and and the sea
0: and, the, the, sea. and the sea beautiful
1: and the sea swimmer
0: or <laughs> that's a huge being near the sea isn't that me one of your uh, favorite remedies <laughs> Yes, isn't <laughs> it that the wasn't a guess about? that was just uh, that was just putting two and two together it, it must come in it must come in so handy Did
1: you hear uh, it? absolutely
0: yeah hmm. of course yeah <clears throat> now uh mary um you've mentioned that you worked on the get well uk pilot scheme can you uh share some light on on what that scheme is and its objectives and and what what the results are and and what, what you've achieved as such to date?
1: So it started in 2007 and the Prince of Wales was involved in it. And the British government had decided to do a pilot scheme. It was going to be rolled out in Wales to, initially to see the efficacy of complementary therapies. So there were involved homeopaths, aquapultures, chiropractor, osteopath, I'm making sure I'm not forgetting, aromatherapy, um, making sure of everything and, and massage and osteopathy um, involved in the scheme. So what they did was in two. They brought it to Northern Ireland because it was the time of the peace process. So they brought it to uh, a GP surgery in Derry, in, and then in East Belfast. So the west side of Bell- Derry, the West Bank, and, and East Belfast, and in each of the two practices. What the GPs did was refer what they called heart-sync patients to either an osteopath, a to homeopath, all of the, the various therapies. And for homeopathy, the brief was mostly mental-emotional, but of course people have physical symptoms that go along with that. Mm. So I was invited to um uh, by uh Boo Armstrong, who who ran the scheme from London and she came and interviewed us here in Belfast and I became the homeopath in Derry. So what it was, and of course, there were the other practitioners as well. So the, the GPs in the practice, who were marginally sceptic, I'll say, but in a way they agreed to do it. And what they did was refer patients, as they call them, heart sink patients, which are patients turning up every week. Nothing happened, no amelioration of symptoms, no cure or whatever else. So that's Mm. who they actually referred to the the panel of of therapists. And then the University of Ulster uh, audited and evaluated the, the feedback from patients and the feedback from GPs. And from those patients, and there was 713 within that year, 713 patients, 80% 80% found that their health had improved. And homeopathy actually was the overall the greatest improvement. People came off drugs, people experienced less pain, people returned to work, and GPs and uh, patients themselves evaluated um, almost equally the, the, mm. the evaluations were. Now, the pilot scheme, of course, there was a report came out, and the minister, Peter Hayne, who was the minister at the time, had moved on. And three times the minister was to come to Belfast to launch the report, and it was never launched, Hmm. which is such a shame. But the scheme itself, and I still would meet people when I'm in Derry, would say, Gosh, that was a great thing that these were all doing at that time
0: and And but do you find that still with with what you've achieved uh, or what the scheme rather achieved at the time that the results are still ongoing as such aren't they because people those who have integrated are are continuing?
1: The results are ongoing, yes, and also the BBC did an hour long documentary on Keane, actually um, um editor was the what do you call the background speaker of 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 the hour long documentary on the scheme in Belfast and Derry.
0: Is there something alternative that you perhaps uh, uh, or your colleagues are perhaps looking at somehow to get things uh, moving forward again?
1: Just in the day-to-day running of school and the practice, we do that. Yeah. And then for a while um, in Derry, under the University of Ulster in the Northwest Regional College, um, a very good friend of mine who since since passed away, Helena McBay, brought together a course in complementary, a foundation degree actually in complementary and alternative therapies, integrative therapies, as it was right. termed, trying to bring together people working in the field and also bring it to degree status as well. And that ran very well for a while.
0: No doubt it's raised the awareness in Ireland of homeopathy, and that's again, that's so such a plus point, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, it really, really, really has. Uh, so much. It's, it's, it's yeah. like a second thought in Ireland. Will I go to the GP or will I go to a homeopath or an acupuncturist or an osteopath? It's as easy as that. We also don't have the NHS. So people have to mostly have to pay for GP and for drugs as well.
0: I see. So obviously homeopathy can can be another positive here because it's not perhaps as costly as as that. And there's no repeats, uh, with it, certainly with acute conditions um the whole point of an acute condition and homeopathic treatment is that it goes if it's it could be one dose it could be a couple of days could be several days could be weeks but you know certainly with a short period of time uh, rather than repeating for months at a time isn't it
1: Um,
0: which is such an incredible plus point you know i i I talk to so many people mary around the world and and you know i'm in practice and full-time practice i have been for 25 years but I it just always takes me aback every time I hand somebody a remedy or remedies that, uh, you know, it's just that the power in that bottle to bring a restore balance emotional, mental, physical uh, balance and well being it's, it's just phenomenal. It really, I can't talk about it enough. And probably the listeners are thinking, "Oh no, here we go," you know, he's going to say it again. But it is. It's the power of homeopathy. It's just truly. Life-changing. It is life-changing. It
1: is, it is absolutely, good. and so many people would say
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> people have been suffering from depression, or they're stuck in a rut, or they're at crossroads in their life, or they've got other things. We I mean, we all come across trials and tribulations, shocks, traumas, sadness. You know, whatever it is, and and for some reason they always seem to outweigh the happy days. But maybe that's just a perception thing, you know. Uh, possibly because when something bad happens, you all it, well, is magnifies, doesn't it? Uh, you could be ill for a month, and then you'd think, "Oh my god, it's I'm ill for years." And as soon as it's gone, you've forgotten it was there even for a day. Yeah,
1: thankfully, it's so. um, so yeah. It's purely yeah. perception.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's. I was saying, it's just I've I've seen people and and homeopaths have relayed how people who were struggling with whatever condition were able to get back to to life to their life or to how they wanted you know their life to to manifest to unfold and they were in control again and what's wrong with that I mean that isn't that the best feeling in the world absolutely yeah. Yeah. isn't it it's it's honestly I tell you it's uh, uh and I and I say this with a hundred percent conviction that homeopathy alongside perhaps other systems as well i'm not i'm not saying it's homeopathy or the highway but i'm saying as a homeopath i know unequivocally unequivocally that homeopathy is one of the blessings of god because you know you you see the same type of um plants and fauna and trees and insects that are actually then used to cure you of of ailments so how you know how close to that nature is that? I mean, it is. It's part of nature. Literally, it's part of nature. You, know, you could you could go to go uh, to a garden. You could look at marigold leaves. You could pluck a few. You could macerate them, so crush them, mix them with a solution of alcohol and water. Let it set, and there, lo and behold, you've got a medicinal uh, uh, solution there for cuts and grazes and and so many other things. You know. Yeah, so the
1: whole of the periodic table the whole of the building blocks are there i mean how
0: incredible is that isn't it you know and and you know when we see i know i'm going totally off tangent but um, hey i have a habit for that but um <laughs> when i see sometimes on on the nature channels or the history channels and they've gone to perhaps places in in the world where uh, communities are not that interested in technology and they're just a, a close-knit community who aren't socializing too much let's say with with other communities but this is what they do isn't it you know they'll chop down or they'll take a a rip a piece of bark off a tree and we've seen it and they'll take some sap from a tree and they'll they'll make someone to drink that because they're suffering from such and such and and that's actually true nature that's not ancient that's not backward uh certainly not it's actually that's the proactive part of being grateful that God's given plants and and and, uh, and and minerals and and everything else you know that is on this planet that can actually heal you as well as give you delight and happiness and joy and how amazing is, is that
1: and that's how medicine began mm. it's, it's the natural way of it absolutely
0: wow that's uh, that's really gone off tangent here hasn't it but that <laughs> was uh, it needed to be done needed to be said now, I have some uh, um, some lighthearted questions for you before we go back to another serious topic. But what uh, are your favourite, what is your favourite remedy or remedies in homeopathy that you find you refer to quite quite more often than not?
1: I would probably have to say review, And Muriaticum,
0: And I don't have favourites as, as such.
1: And I was talking to a great friend and colleague of mine recently, and she said it, and, I, and we agreed it. It made the biggest change to people. You know, people who are in grief and stuck in grief. Mm. You know, and Natrium Muriatican just loves that heaviness and sadness and depression that comes from grief. And I mean grief in the biggest sense of that word. I don't mean just loss of death, but through death I mean loss generally. I think natural muriaticum And probably, and it was the very first remedy I had, and I have that affinity with the sea. So there you go. That probably has to do with all of that as
0: well. You know, in the grand scheme of things, Mary, if you had some table salt and you said to somebody, okay, they would put it on their fish and chips, you know. Oh. And then you said, you know what? This can actually heal you from such and such. It sounds unbelievable, doesn't it?
1: And simple.
0: And simple, yeah. And that's actually the you've hit the nail on the head it's the simplicity isn't it yes and and you know we're we're always taught I've certainly been taught to uh, keep things simple my uncle who was a world famous homeopath in uh, Nairobi in Kenya I spent a great deal of time with him and uh, learning from him of course and um, seeing him in practice and he always used to give me this advice he used to say just keep your head down and do the best that you can you know don't don't just ground yourself don't think you're anything and i, I honestly that advice I've, I've never forgotten ever because it's nothing to do with me it's nothing to do with you it's not the skill we have but what it does what it is to do with it is the compassion that we have to heal somebody to help somebody and it has to, to be the, the most
1: interesting job
0: in the world yeah yeah um now the next uh offbeat question is uh your favorite book or books
1: say the magus was probably the book that impressed me greatly at the time okay and that's a long time ago i just loved it but i read a lot an awful lot i love the way it takes you away and just into other people's words which is probably what homeopathy is about
0: there's so much suffering though isn't there mary you know when you when you meet patients and and of course it does get you know sometimes it does get you down doesn't it because well, look, if you if you don't get down, that means there's something wrong because compassion means, you know, one's heart is soft uh, and you're committed. But it's just sad to see, isn't it, though? I'm not talking homeopathy here. I'm just talking generally that so many people are suffering and they've got so many problems and a large majority of them keep those problems inside. They keep them bottled up. They don't express themselves. And and that's, that's sad as well, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Again, I, I I agree with you. And the other side of it, I think I find homeopathy because you know when you're listening to somebody, and each one of us has times in our lives that are very very difficult. I, I think when we know that it's something we share rather than they or us, you know, we all have that common stuckness that happens in our lives every now mm-hmm. and then, and, and in different parts of our lives. But as a homeopath, you're also thinking. You're listening to it, to it, but you're also thinking, okay, there's a remedy at the end of this, and you know it's going to make such a change. There's something really positive to be, and solution-focused, as I would say, in, in, in counselling. Do you know that it's, that, that it's not stuck, that you're working towards finding a solution, finding a change to it, so that people it's don't have to stay stuck? Because I remember the first time, actually, um, Janet Snowden taught us wonderful, wonderful, all back and bath, taught us in the Berlin one time. And I remember her taking a case, and it's the first time I'd ever seen a live case being taken. And I remember sitting there thinking, and somebody was talking with him saying, people in Donegal don't talk like that. <laughs> because I didn't know how. I didn't know how to talk about feelings about Expressing yourself like that, do you know what I mean? And and, yes. and so often people in in, in my practice would say, "I've never said that before. I've never said that out really loud. I didn't even know I thought it." Because you're allowing the space for somebody to go inside themselves and just hear themselves saying what they need to say for themselves as much as for for us as somebody.
0: You know, um, Mary. You know when when we when we talk to patients, of course, a large 50% of the, of the treatment is, is the, the, the case taking or the therapy or the, the, the talking, the counselling. But it's so true that, and, and, and people I know are very, oh, talking doesn't help, but you can see the change in people who you've given time to, to express their health concerns and where you've been able to guide them in a certain direction. You can see the weight lift off their shoulder because when they come in to when they go out, they're a totally different person. So talking is powerful, you know, everybody has a story to tell. You just have to listen, right?
1: Absolutely. And that's the big thing. Isn't
0: it? I, I have, uh, you know, I once came across somebody who said, oh, my phone, my phone always rings and, you know, it's uh, patients keep calling. I said, my reply was, I said, how lucky you are that somebody's calling you, asking you for help. I mean, what more could you ask? in life that somebody is calling you who are you who are we and and they're actually phoning you up and and hoping you can help them i said when you pick up the phone just be grateful that the phone is ringing and you can actually help somebody and we have
1: this set of skills and philosophy and whole battery of of, of homeopathic medicines to 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 help
0: that you know when you said we have this set of skills i just (laughs) this is how i think I, was, I just I immediately thought of Liam Neeson when he's taken when he says I have this set of skills. I don't know if you've seen that film. Have you?
1: Oh, take oh god.
0: <laughs> There's that, a very famous line where somebody he somebody calls him up and and this is what he says, you know. I have a particular set of skills. Right. <laughs> anyway, um I have to ground myself again. I'm going I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> So what's on the horizon, Mary? What, uh, what are you working on and what are you looking forward to? Um, at the moment, the school is uh, moving along very, very well. Um,
1: I've only been in this, working in the school for the last, let me see, this is the third, fourth year. Hmm. And I'm delighted with that. And, and it's, it's a great team of people to work along with. And it's important in my scheme of life, you know hmm. that it's spreading homeopathy and the school is doing very well and its reputation is doing very well. And when the time comes, I pass it on to somebody else quite happily, swim in the sea more, <laughs>
0: travel more. <laughs> yes, yes of course. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever else comes the way. Do you, do you travel present? Do you go places? And, I uh, do love to
1: travel. I've always been a traveler.
0: Favourite country or place?
1: Um, probably in the last few years, Cuba.
0: Oh, interesting! I didn't expect you to say that. Okay, how's that? How, what did say? Like, is homeopathy well known in Cuba? It is, indeed. Uh-huh. Oh, it is. amazing!
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and a lot
1: of alternative medicines, and a lot of because because of the blockade and they don't receive drugs mm. from from America and Of course, anyway, homeopathy is big in it. Um, um, they've used it hugely for epidemics and have done tremendous research on dengue flu.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Any any books on the horizon? Uh-huh.
1: You're not the first person who said that to me. Um, I might, uh, maybe I write a little bit of poetry, and when I have more time, when my life quietens down, a little bit it's something I would love to spend more time at. I love you know,
0: not enough homeopaths write about... Everyone writes about remedies, but not enough write about their life journey, and I think it's really, really important. You know, in the meantime, we've got this podcast. The objective is very much to get homeopaths on board, so people who are interested in homeopathy, who just want to know a bit more. They get that tangible feel. They get to know Mary. They get to know about the Belfast School. They get to know what's involved and what the person sounds like. And I think that makes a very, very big difference uh, overall. And it's a very strong form of education as well, I think, and knowledge. It's
1: a wonderful
0: thing you do. I've listened to. I've been listening to some of your podcasts. Oh, that's very kind of you. So, Mary, it's been uh, absolute delight to have you on the homeopathy podcast uh learned a great deal and it's it's really been fascinating i i love your journey to homeopathy uh, i i commend you on the work that you're doing with the belfast school of homeopathy itself and some of the other initiatives that you've worked on and uh, i wish you well and success and like i say to everybody and i do mean it i do hope that by the end of this year sometime later this year let's say Uh, you will come back and we can talk about uh, homeopathy some more. That
1: would be lovely. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the chat. Thank
0: you. Thank you. God bless you. And I will speak to you very, very soon. I do hope you've enjoyed the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Tune in next time for more things homeopathy, interviews, and segments on the healing possibilities that homeopathy can bring you. And don't forget to visit UK Health Radio online at www.ukhealthradio.com to see the many other amazing shows available to listen live and on demand. Or why not download the app from the iOS and Android stores. Until next time, stay safe and take care.